0: Log Talk Radio. <laughs>
1: Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer brought to you by Tucker Milling. Join Andy Schneider, national spokesperson for the USDA Aethys Avian Health Program, editor-in-chief of Chicken Whisperer magazine, and author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, Chicken Factor Chicken Poop, and Zero Waste Chicken Keeping, as he welcomes top poultry veterinarians, poultry scientists, and poultry nutritionists to discuss the hot topics in the poultry world today and provide science-based fact-based, study-based information to help you raise the healthiest poultry possible. And now, here's your host, Andy Schneider.
2: All righty, thank you very much for joining us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by our good friends over at Tucker Milling Feeds, and uh, we've got a really great show lined up for you today. Um, We've been planning the show for a couple of three weeks now. Uh, alternatives to commercial feeds, and uh, you know the the title that I wanted to have for this podcast uh, I really wanted to have was much too long, so that's that's kind of what I came up with. Alternatives to commercial feeds, but there's a lot that comes after that and, and below that as we kind of. Um, Start talking about this and dissecting this with our special guest today, poultry nutritionist, Dr. Karen Gehring, Ph.D. And uh, I just went and did a Facebook Live uh, to try to get folks to say, hey, very interested in this topic and come and listen to what we got to say about this. Uh, let's learn about this together. Maybe we can make some changes. And really what sparked all of this, why I wanted to do this show, is that I've started to see over the last several months, but even more now, Folks posting in the Facebook chicken groups, ch- uh, Facebook chicken forums on blogs and different things like that, that, you know, hey, uh, these animal feed costs are really starting to affect <laughs> my life, um, you know, and in, in feeding my family and putting gas in my car and paying my bills and my utilities and things like that. Is there any other thing that I can do to save some money? Can I? And, and people often will reply, or somebody will say, "Hey, the feed costs are really uh, hitting hard now. Uh, you know, the feed I was buying was twenty-eight dollars a bag. I was normally paying seventeen dollars for it. But you know what? I, I think that I can mix my own and save about five bucks by, you know, buying the soybean or buying buying the millet, buying the corn, uh, and just mixing all this stuff." Heather, uh, I give it to my chickens, I think I can save some money there. And then oftentimes when I see that, I'll be like, oh, well, what calcium are you adding into that? So they can continue to lay these wonderful eggs for you because you don't want them to get osteoporosis because you're not adding any calcium. Um, The um, oyster shells aren't going to hack it at that point. And uh, then you've got the uh, hens pulling all this calcium out of their bones, which is not healthy, healthy for them to lay those eggs for you every day, or they start slowing down eggs, and you're not saving any money because you're having to go buy eggs, um, or they're the health ramifications of doing something like that. You know, they'll say, oh, I'm going to mix all this stuff together. I can save some money and feed it up to my hens, and then I'm like, well, what pack are you adding so they can, it, it'll be a complete feed. You know, all this uh, ingredients that, that they really require uh, to be a healthy bird, as in the, um, Nutritionally balanced uh, layer feed that uh, that we're so used to giving them. Um, you know, what about? Oh, I'm gonna ferment my food because I can save half. All of the nutritionists and experts and poultry scientists that I've talked with say, if you do it scientifically and measure the right way and measure consumption, you're you're they're they're not eating half half the feed. they are not saving half. It's even in our our book, uh, Chicken Facts or Chicken Poop. Um, where we talk about that, and or do you really save half uh, of your feed bill when you ferment feed? Then if you ferment wrong, then all your flock is dead uh, due to the risk of that, due to the molds and, and, and spores growing and things like that. So it's it's a lot more involved than just, oh, I'm going to put some feed in a five-gallon bucket, fill a of water for two or three days, and then give it to my chickens, because um, if you do it wrong, that's a disaster. Um, and then not only that... What if the supply chain fails? What if, and people are already experiencing this across the nation, uh, we'll see post, you know, I went in and my uh, local feed store had five bags of chicken feed. That was it. And he had no idea when he was getting any more. Um, or hog feed. Uh, we have, you know, we've, we, we've done the cows here at, at our homestead. Um, we don't have any cows currently. Thank goodness. Uh, they're in the freezer. Uh, but, you know, right now we were buying hog feed. We're buying chicken feed. We're buying goat feed. We're buying rabbit feed. Um, what else? We have some feed for the turkeys, um, dog feed, of course, cat food, of course. So you know, multi-species here on the uh, on the homestead. And what if? all of them go out you know we have to think about that but we're talking about chickens today so what what would be a healthy alternative what could i do in a pinch if if i'm out of food for a week or two until my local store gets some more uh and what if they have no more what if this this is more uh, a permanent thing what if it really really hits the fan and they're out of feed for a month what am i going to do is there a healthy alternative well i'm just going to give them food scraps that we have well how much calcium are they going to get to produce those eggs are they going to get osteoporosis because- uh, what kind of vitamins and minerals are, is in this uh, leftover food that you're giving them? What about, you know, maybe I'll just free-range them. You know, I'll birds free-range, and they'll be fine. They'll be all right. But, you know, not now if you look at it, you know, <laughs> if you step back a minute, and then off, oftentimes people will think, well, what did they do in 1723? They didn't have a 50-pound bag of feed. They could buy at the feed store and feed their chickens. It was nutritionally balanced. Most chickens did just fine. Did just fine. What's your definition of did just fine. Is it they survived <laughs> I got an egg or two on occasion? Or I had healthy birds that were bred and really designed to lay me an egg every day? Or are these wild chickens from uh, the jungle fowl that, uh, that don't lay every day? Um, you know, I, I personally wouldn't want heart surgery like they did in 1776 because that's how grandma did it, or that's how grandpa did it. Um, there's been a lot of advancements in heart surgery. Um, I like modern medicine. I really do. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of science and, and studies that have been done to really for us to have the healthiest bird possible in our backyard. So I'm going to bring on uh, Dr. Curran-Gering, Ph.D., poultry nutritionist, and we're going to kind of ask him all these questions. We're going to, um, and he's been preparing for a lot of these things we're, we're, we're going to talk about today. And we really want to know, you know, whether it be the, the supply chain ends and, and we don't have food for a while, we don't have that uh, convenience of that bag feed lamb pellets, or what if I'm going to mix my own, uh, yeah, yeah and, uh, I don't have any calcium to add, or I don't have a pack to add, and it, well, is it going to cost you more in the long run due to unhealthy and dead birds, or less eggs which now you got to go buy eggs and they've gone up in the store so you're spending money there maybe their store doesn't have any more eggs so I think it's a a really a fabulous topic we would want to do I've been wanting to do for a while and when I saw more posts recently about this uh, I'm just going to mix my feed and save five bucks you know five bucks I'm going to mix my feed and save ten bucks ten bucks I know ten bucks is ten bucks but are you going to get 10 bucks less eggs that now you have to go buy? Well, that's a trip to the store. That's the gas money that you've got to spend now and more more eggs. And then you always complain about, oh, I hate store eggs and blah, 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 blah. So can we really save money? Are there really affordable alternatives at the end of the day, at the end of the week, at the end of the year, if we change this stuff, if we mix this stuff up and try to become a poultry nutritionist ourselves? Let's bring on to the phones right now. Our good friend, Karen Gehring, Ph.D., poultry nutritionist, and he's going to have a, kind of get into this with us and let us know, because sometimes we may not have a choice if the supply chain ends. So what would be the best thing to do at that point? Uh, Dr. Gehring, thank you very much for joining with us today. Um, I think it's going to be a great show, and we're going to learn a lot.
3: Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for having me.
2: Yeah, we, we'd love to get your perspective on all of this as a poultry nutritionist, because let's face it. Most of the listeners of the show, most people who have the backyard poultry they're all named they're a part of the family they're they're pets and you know not commercial birds. we get that and and they're out you know spending buku dollars and all these poops and all these treats and all this stuff, and you know they claim they love them, and then next thing you know they're cutting cost cut in quality because their bottom line is being kind of uh, uh limited because of the high price of everything. Um, so we, we, wherever you want to start, you've got your, you've got your outline, and you can either take supply chain issues or leave that to the end because you know, hey, if we don't have it at all, maybe it's not because your choice or you're not, cho- it's still available, and then you just choose to save a few bucks and mix your own or try food scraps or just try free ranging or whatever, and the good and ugly with that, and then maybe we wrap up with, well, now let's say you don't have a choice, and next thing you know, you, you go to the feed store and there's nothing there. What would be our first, second, third choice, and as far as feeding our flock, then we can maybe save that to the end. But I'll let you have the floor and uh, let us know what you think about this this topic.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, you, you know, um, we've we've talked about it many times. That you know, when when you're adding, uh, you know, another source of of food uh, that's not a complete diet. Uh you know that is then decreasing the amount of their their feed that they're they're gonna consume every day so and, and decreasing the amount of that feed that's formulated to provide a certain amount of nutrients um and then they're not g- gonna get that uh and you know a lot of it depends on the amount that uh, that they're gonna eat from another source um obviously it it can be. More risky with a really young bird. You think about a a chick that's you know less than two weeks old. It's, uh, that bird's not eating a whole lot, so even a little bit of something else could be a pretty big percentage of their total feed intake that day, and could really throw off uh, certain nutrients and then have you know, long ranging consequences. Uh, with an adult hen, and you know she's eating. Uh, more, but still not a, a lot. You know, somewhere, uh, you know, a little over 100 grams a day, and and so even what we think of is, uh, you know, a small amount of something else could uh, could affect her nutrient intake and uh, and then her production, her health, um, and and all those other things.
0: Uh, yeah, we and said
2: that. We've said that a bunch of times um, when, you know, every ounce of treat you give your chickens is an ounce of nutritionally balanced feed that they're ultimately not going to eat, which means less calcium, which can contribute, or more fat, which can contribute to the fatty liver disease and things like that. I and mean, that's undisputed. People can turn their nose up at it or say, oh, whatever, I've never had a problem. But nonetheless, that's, that ends up being the, the facts of the matter. Um, and, you know, everything within moderation, I hear a lot of folks say or they'll say uh, only 10% of their daily ration should be extracurricular feed and, and treats. And then when you ask people, well, what's 10% of a hen, you know, they have no idea what that amount is. So really saying that is irrelevant when really 10% of a hen's daily intake is about a somewhere between a tablespoon and a
1: teaspoon,
2: which is one tiny little piece of cantaloupe or six mealworms. But they're shoveling them out of the bag like crazy, you know, here, here, here. Um, Yeah, exactly. So um, you you start messing with that. How how about – because most of the time recently I've heard, well, I can go to my local uh, feed store or my local mill, and I can buy these six ingredients maybe – Millet, maybe some corn, maybe some soybean, maybe some whatever. They'll name four or five different things. I can get so many tons of this, or I can get so you know, I can buy 500 pounds of this, and I end up saving. And normally, it's not really a lot. You know, they might save five dollars a bag at the end of the day. You know, I don't know if I've seen anybody save ten dollars a bag. And let's say they just mix all these grains. Now, again, looking at it, they're like, now that looks like chicken feed should look, and that looks so healthy and tasty. I could even that, even eat that. And then they they use that and they are think ah I just I just stuck it to the man and I saved lots of money and then they go back and just start feeding this diet with no vita pack no extra added calcium nothing like that um, you know they start feeding that to the to their birds I'm guessing other than the obvious like probably less egg production weaker eggshells maybe some unhealthier birds what what, what else <laughs> are we looking at if they do something like that. As far as outcome, the long term, how much money would we really save if we have sick birds or they're not laying anymore? what do you, from from a poultry nutritionist's point of view or your mindset, if I just went and bought five or six ingredients, mixed it up, saved ten bucks a bag, and start feeding that to my chickens what what are you thinking of in your position when I do that?
3: yeah well, I, I think the biggest the, the biggest concern is is that most people who um, and, and most probably isn't even a strong enough word it's uh, you know 90 something percent of people uh, who would do that probably aren't uh, finding good sources for the uh, you know the nutrient content in those ingredients Mm -hmm. and they're not calculating exactly what their their mix is going to provide but even if they did uh, there's some reasons why that's you know, probably not the best thing to do, and, you know, it, it goes back to, you know, kind of why we recommend, uh, a, you know, a pelleted diet compared with uh, a scratch feed, and, you know, the, the scratch looks, you know, fantastic, and all, the, all the different grains and everything whole, and, um, but, you know, as you know, chickens are very uh, visual, Uh the, you know that that's why you look at waters and feeders, and they're yellow or red. Um, they key in on those colors and on shape and, and size, mm-hmm. and you know they you know, go for those, uh, those pieces that that fit their their beak and and are are easy to pick up. Um, you know I had a, you know a question from from somebody the other day that was talking about their birds. Uh, eating all the sunflower seeds uh, out of scratch, mm-hmm. and you know, and it and it doesn't even have to be, uh, you know, something where where most birds or all of the birds uh, are going to uh, prefer one item over over another. All it takes is one. You know, if you have a, a dominant uh, bird or a, you know a rooster with the flock or or or, or something or different. Uh, different types of chickens. Maybe you have one that's a lot bigger than than the others. That's gonna you know dominate the the feeder and, and pick out the things that, that it wants. You know now even if you had uh, done some math and, and figured out a, a you know mixture to provide a certain amount of nutrients, now that's completely just gone. As soon as one bird picks out a, a bunch of one ingredient or or two and doesn't eat that mix in a perfectly balanced way.
2: Yeah, and I actually have video footage of just that uh, probably four years ago now. uh, A feed manufacturer out west, I think they were in Washington, Oregon, uh, somewhere up in that area in the northeast, uh, northwest uh, territory, and um, they sent it to me, and I called them up, and I'm like, Looks just like scratch grains with some pellets in it, <laughs> and so they've had the pellets to call it a, be able to com- call it a complete feed. Um, and mm-hmm. then I've got all that video footage. It's still on my Facebook page. You can scroll back to if you want to, two three years ago, and you can see where I did all the experiments live, and people could see for themselves that you know the first time I gave it, I gave it like a treat and kind of scattered it on the ground, and all the birds came over and they ate all the scratch grains but left all the pellets. <laughs> And then I said, okay, now we're mm-hmm. going and moving it into the coop, and I put it in their feeder, uh, removed all their laying pellets and nutritionally balanced laying pellets. Same thing. We did that, I think, for two days, maybe three days. And, uh, again, they were eating all of the grass grains, if you will, from that bag and leaving all the pellets behind. Um, and then uh, literally for after years of having chickens, it was interesting. I had several coops in the general vicinity, and uh, that coop I was doing running this test on one morning, I went outside, and when I opened their free range, uh, they all—all all, all the birds in that coop—ran out of that coop and went right back in the coop right next door to started eating all the laying pellets. Um, I've never had that before. And then I look in that into the into their feeder, and all the pellets are left, but and they've eaten all the scratch. They weren't touching the pellets. And even if I would have, let's say, I would have started some birds, uh, hatched them out, uh, put them through the brooder, and we're giving them this feed, and that's all they knew and maybe they would eat all the, uh, say, scratch grains on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, and then they eat finally, because that's all that's left, is the pellets on Thursday, would eating pellets twice a week and scratch the rest of the days of the week. I mean, does that end up being a complete feed? I mean, yeah, they finally ate all the pellets that were in their complete feed, but they only ate those because nothing else was left two days of the week. How does that factor Mm -hmm. up? But that's a good point, too. I haven't often thought about that where – yeah, what if that, you know, one bird eats, you know, or several, they eat all the sunflower seeds, and then the other birds don't get that. You factored that in as a part of, say, protein or fat or whatever. Uh, and, then, and then we've talked, oh, yeah. people can go back, go back and listen to the uh, other uh, great podcasts that you've done for us uh, about protein and how not all proteins are created equal. So if someone walks in and just says, oh, this soybean has so much protein, and so if I add this into my mix, then I've got that much protein. But when they listen to that podcast you've done, uh, it it doesn't add up like that. Because, I mean, how much of that is actual usable protein for that bird? Um, How much just gets pooped on the ground and how much don't they use? And is it the right protein that they need and that they can utilize? So, yeah, it's more than just, oh, this this that I'm adding here is so much protein or so much fat. You're you're right, do the numbers. But that's another great one. Uh, I, I don't know if I've ever had somebody mention that about the well if one what if one bird likes the sunflower seeds and eats all those then you've already messed up. <laughs> so it's all in that pellet, that single pellet and they're getting it whether they like it or not. There's no picking and choosing there. Great point.
3: Thank you. And you know the other thing to consider is um you know we we don't make a, a scratch with a with a pellet for for layers, you know, with the, the calcium level there, but some other companies do. Mhm. And just think about how you would have to make that feed to to make it a complete diet with the calcium level there for laying when you've got a pellet that is maybe less than 30% of the mix. So that means that pellet has to be extremely high in vitamins and minerals and calcium. And that calcium and phosphorus level has to be way higher than what it would be if it was just a pelleted diet uh, because it's a, just a percentage of, of that seed with all the different whole grains. Um, so, you know, in that case, if, if you have the same thing where the birds eat the seeds and they don't eat the pellet or if they eat just the pellet and don't eat the seeds or don't eat them at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, the, the, the only way that 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 hen, or those hens are going to get the correct uh, you know, amount of calcium, correct amount of vitamins and minerals, is if they were to, to eat that feed, you know, completely in balance the way it was formulated, which um, you know we know is, is not going to happen in a lot of cases because um, because they're going to see those different sizes and shapes and and gravitate towards one thing more than another.
2: That's one thing I've I've heard since day one. Since I mean, we're talking 15 years ago uh, when we started educating folks and touring the country and doing book tours, doing speaking tours, and over half the country, thousands of people uh, over that period of time that we've taught. And, and one of the scenarios that I would use when we would teach this is that, okay, tonight, and I'd, who knows where, I'd be in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. And I'd be like, well, tonight, after this event, when I take my family out to dinner, Uh, we'll go to a restaurant and, uh, I'm going to order my son broccoli and I'm going to sprinkle colorful Skittles all over the broccoli and then uh, I'll film that and we'll see exactly what he does. And you might as well just take a picture of a, uh, of a chicken's head on my son as he goes and he picks through and gets all those colorful Skittles and eats those and then leaves the broccoli behind. It's the exact same scenario. (laughs) And we have pictures Mm -hmm. of that too, which was awesome. I, um was trying to prove this point, again, about three years ago. And I went out to our front pasture and um, called the chickens over and I sprinkled down some uh, laying pellets on the ground. And then right above the laying pellets, I sprinkled the scratch. Perfect, nice little layer right across about the basketball-sized round uh, area. And then you could see, it wasn't time-lapse either, but it sure looked like time-lapse based on all those chickens coming over and getting all that scratch. You could just see all that colorful scratch disappear, and all that was left was the laying pellets. That, That was a fantastic video and got tons of views, which again kind of proves the point of, eh, now they're not getting the nutrition that they actually need, and now they've got weak bones because they're pulling calcium out of their own bones to, to do that. Um, how about, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about this, we've had shows about can my hens really get the nutrition they need just with free-ranging, and wow, how can you answer that question? Because if they re- re- free-range here in, in part of our property, um, it's pretty much just an acre full of uh, pine trees and maybe just really wood chips where we actually cleared about an acre and we got that chipper in there. Um, And so it may not be that much grass. And in the front, if we have a a coop in the front, that's all grassy. So they're going to get different nutrition levels. So if someone just just to have a blanket statement, you know, uh, can – If I free-range chickens, can they get the amount of nutrition they need just free-ranging? And then with everybody have a different definition of free-range, it could be a suburban backyard with 400 square feet of grass lawn. It could be a huge pasture farm with cattle. It could be, you know, their 20 by 20 chicken run they're calling free-range. You know, obviously there's no way to answer that question for everybody. But I think in general, regardless, I think, of the situation, regardless of whatever their... Uh, ground they're free ranging. That I think, you know, even most. If you look at some of these, uh, and, and you, you're in the business, so uh, if you see some of these uh, commercials where they have, oh, this our hens are pasture raised. I'm just going to go out and limb. Most of them still have a nutritionally balanced feed that they they come home to, or that's in that coop. They are not relying just on those blades of grass out there to feed these hens, because they wouldn't get the egg production they need to supply all the stores in the across the country that they need. Um, oh yeah, they yeah. make free range. Uh, they make. Go ahead.
3: I was gonna say yeah, all of them are are getting a, a balanced diet. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean the, the the nutritionist isn't even considering bugs or grass <laughs> or whatever else. That's that's a bonus. If you know if they're on if, if there is good good stuff out there, uh, that, that's a bonus, but not something that, that you take into account when formulating the diet.
2: Mm-hmm. If they happen to free range, so those birds still have access to that nutritionally balanced feed to lay those wonderful uh, organic free-range eggs that we want from the store for nine dollars a dozen these days. Um, so free range, oh, so I'll, I'll just free range, and that that'll chickens free range back in the seventeen hundreds, fifteen hundreds, you know, the, around Jesus's time, you know, whatever, and uh, they seem to be doing just fine. But um, that's that's not so much the uh, not so much the case. Um, so let's talk about, too, um, let's, let's get to that, and then we'll kind of look at maybe what is, what can I do to, and there may be nothing that's going to be as good, but other options, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But let's talk about, again, kind of leading into this supply chain issue, too. Uh, what, I go in and the, uh, my feed stores are like, we have nothing, we're sorry, supply chain issues, or whatever the case may be, we may not have anything for two weeks. Uh, this, this could be a very legitimate issue this this person is adamant about feeding their bag feed they love say the tucker milling and they're like you know now nah, i'm out for, for for two weeks or whatever brand they happen to be used supply chain issues whatever reason you want to throw out there and they want to do the right thing i mean let's face it there's probably nothing that's going to be a complete feed but can you offer what would I do in that situation I'm I'm calling you and I'm saying hey I can't get my feed for two weeks and what's what's the next best thing I can do they do free-range but is there something I can you would would I resort to feed scraps this is a loaded question for a poultry nutritionist because then you're like you know uh, because we know right off the bat it's not going to be as healthy and there are probably going to be ramifications to the health of our bird and you don't want to just contribute to any of that So you know I'm brainstorming like okay the healthiest food scraps I can give them for a couple of weeks before I can get my feed back in, or maybe I just, you know, and and we see this, man, we see it. Uh, you know, I don't get paid till Friday. I don't get paid for two weeks and I'm out of feed. Uh, would it be a healthier food scraps, meaning maybe lettuces and fruits and vegetables and things like that? Plus, um, I don't know, some uh, corn meal that I may have in the cupboard uh, and then try to free range, maybe pick some grasses and things for them. What, you know, until I can get paid and get my feed or until the feed shows up at the store and and going into that and going into your answer will clearly say that this would never be as healthy as that nutritionally balanced feed. But have you thought about ideas of what we could do in that situation? And what might be a healthier choice for them? You know, some people, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, this just popped into my head, I guarantee you people are going to say, well, I've got a big old bag of dog food, and I'm just going to give that to them. Or i got a big old cat, bag of cat food, and they already steal the cat's food anyway. Or I give them cat food wearing the molt, which we all know is not a good idea. But a lot of people, let's face it, we've got to be truthful and give these real-life scenarios. They're going to give the cat food to the dog food, maybe to, to to the chickens a little bit to try to get them through. So, uh, with all this knowing that folks you know may end up having to do this or do this already, uh, two weeks before I get paid, what what do you suggest that might get us through with with feeding our birds? And we're not talking about a flock yeah. of like five hundred. We're talking about the family with six, twelve, eighteen, twenty birds. <laughs>
3: right. Um, yeah, you know, I think. Couple things that that you could do are, are just more preventative, or um, so that you you don't run into a situation where you're just out of feed. Um, that's that's the worst thing that that you can do. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of folks would agree. It, yeah, you know, it's, it's better to give them something than to let them run out of feed. Um, but uh, you know, one thing I would do is you know, especially if you are feeding a a pelleted feed. Uh, if you have a good place to store it that's not going to get wet and um, you know not and and you know get, it's going to be in good conditions, then you, know, you may want to keep an extra bag on hand. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. In case, uh, the other thing is, uh, you know, I think most feed companies have a dealer locator on their website. And I know, you know, Tucker Milling does, where you can put in your zip code or city where you live. And, Um, It'll show the the closest dealers and and I you know I I think there's a whole lot of value in developing a relationship with uh, you know the people at at the feed store that you go to and 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 giving them uh, you know repeat business and and uh, everything but you know I think it would be a good idea to to know where the next closest dealer is just Mm have a a backup in case and it may just be for a week um, until they till the store that you normally go to gets their next uh next shipment but uh that way you know where to go already and and um you know, you can find something uh without the, without running out of feed and the other thing is you know like you, you said about the, the dog food i just you know the dog food and cat food is just so far off and
1: mm-hmm. everything
3: really i mean it's, it's a lot of times the the protein, I mean, it depends on the, on which one, but, I mean, you look at one of those, uh, you know, like hunting dog formulas or puppy formulas and you're in the high 20s to low 30% range in protein, um, you know, you've got some with well over 10% fat and uh, it's just so different from the, the feed that, that your birds would have been on. Um, you know, it could really cause some gastrointestinal issues, and and uh, just, you know, it, to me, it would be an absolutely last, last resort.
2: But Higher um, protein, higher calcium, which isn't both going to be good for liver and kidney issues with the birds as well. Um, trying to expel all of that extra stuff. Sure, absolutely. Um, that, now, we buy... Um, back when we had the cows, we would buy you know, easily a pallet of feed every two weeks, every month. Now we're probably at about a half a pallet uh, every month for the stock we have here. Uh, and So we're good. You know, we buy probably monthly. Um, and so we have that. Sometimes we've had extra. Sometimes I've, I've had, you know, enough to say, okay, I won't have to go for a couple of months. Uh, for feed, mm-hmm. but what what um, realistically, if you have that ideal, you know, cool, dry, dark environment uh, with say, I just bought a bag of Tucker Milling uh, lamb pellets. What are we looking at that? Rough, you know, how okay, I've had this for six months, oh, oh it's safe. Or this is my extra, and of course, you want to try to rotate that. Just as preppers, when we have our our our, when we're stocking up our food, we got to rotate that. Um, but you know, we. Are we looking at six months out in that ideal condition. Are we looking at a year? Are we looking at three months? And and uh, you know, as far as when you're saying have some extra on hand, that'll be the next question I know people will want to know. And Radio Land here is well, how long will that last ideally? You, know, you always got to watch for things like mold and mildew for sure, and that's another reason why sometimes furniture yeah. is not such a great idea. But and you know, and bugs and, and all that. But I mean, are we good at? Three months out, six months out, that's pretty – is that a pretty safe bet if we want to buy a little extra now if we can afford it?
3: Yeah, I, I think usually, um, you know, if – I think if you were talking about birds that didn't have pasture access then mm-hmm. you know, might not not want to go past three months. Um, mm-hmm. And I think if they do have access to, to the outdoors and and things that they can find outside – Mm-hmm. Uh, you can probably extend that a little, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the big concern is it's really the, you know, I think feed if it's kept in, in good conditions uh, mm-hmm. can last for a long time and look, look just fine, smell fine. Um, and, and for the most part be fine, but there's, several vitamins that are like the job that they do and why they are a vitamin is that they're antioxidants. Mm-hmm. And so when you have, uh, oxidants that, uh, you know, that they, they would cause, uh, oxidative stress and, and damage potentially in the, in the animals. And, um, those vitamins, you basically give themselves up to, um, you know, to take care of that threat. They protect you from, from that oxidation. And there's a, you know, a lot of things in seed that, that, uh, are actually pro oxidative and even things that are very necessary. Um, like you look at, at a lot of your minerals that have a, uh, a, a plus two charge. So you have your, uh, you know, magnesium, uh, manganese, zinc, uh, copper, uh, All those things, iron especially, uh, you know, that's going to cause your vitamin levels to decrease, especially vitamin A, uh, because it's doing its job just because it's next to all those minerals Mm -hmm, mm and, you know, higher concentration. So, you know, that's one thing is even when seed is in, you know, kept in good condition, if you test it weekly over several months, you'll see that vitamin A level, especially, but other vitamins as well, you'll see those decrease. Okay. And, you know, and, and I think with a lot of different feeds, the vitamin A levels have gotten uh, pretty high, so it's probably not too much of a concern.
1: Um, but it is
3: just, you know, something to keep in mind. And, and reason why, you know, I would always recommend feeding uh feed that's pretty fresh um, and the other thing is, you know, there's there's some things like mycotoxins that are, mm-hmm. um, you know, produced from, from uh, um, mold and, and things that, you know, those can build up sometimes uh, without any visual cues that are obvious. And so, you know, sometimes even if it looks perfect, you know, you, you just can't have the confidence that you would have you mm-hmm. know, if that feed was a folder
2: or something like that. Sure. Thanks for explaining all of that to us. And I was still kind of in my mind thinking, okay, if I'm listening to this uh, show and then the podcast later, what questions would be popping into folks' heads of, you know, uh, of what they're saying. Well, I, maybe I'll do this or I've thought about doing this. And what about if I think it's still a small percentage, but it's still a bigger percentage than than a uh, still a bigger percentage than it really should be about folks even though we we beat this dead horse many times too about folks that, that they still go out and they're like okay here's your feet every morning they go out with a scoop or two of feet and pour it on the ground for the birds and that's all they get all day we know why well, that's not a good idea we've talked about it a gazillion times of the last 14 years of doing the show um but You may have some folks that would be like, you know, I've got, they're looking at how many bags of feed they have left. They're looking at their birds. Okay, how can I ration this? And now we get into that term ration. And so I'm going to maybe go that route now. I'm going to measure out. Versus free choice, and, and, and we know we've, we've heard it a million times in fourteen years. Your birds will actually consume less if they have feed available twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week. We get that; that's that can be, I think, that's undisputed. But what if somebody says, you know, so we know if you just I'm going to start feeding them once a day. At the end, I'm going to measure out a quarter cup of feed per bird that I have, and then do that. Um, probably would see an increase. Um, but what about like I'm going to feed them today, and then I won't feed them tomorrow? And then I'll have food ready, available for them on uh, Saturday, but not Sunday. And then Monday and not Wednesday, because maybe they're at the point of, you know, that'll at least, though not ideal, <laughs> though, you know, I may see a drop in egg production, it's going to stress them out a little bit. Where's my feed? And uh, anybody who has chickens any amount of time will knows that, um, that they'll get stressed out as soon as their feed uh, feeders are empty. They'll start chasing you around the yard. They see you walk out of the house, and all 50 of them are flying over to you going, where's our feed? And it's, you know, maybe the feeder's been out for 15 minutes, and here they come. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, (laughs) maybe they get into the, okay, I don't want my birds to die. This will at least keep them alive until things get back to normal, until my budget gets better. Hey, I've got a job interview coming up, or, you know, um, and I'm going to give them, I'll just, have the feeders out today, and then I won't have the feeders out tomorrow. I guess it kind of, regardless of what creative way we try to limit their feed, um, there's still going to be some ramifications for that, regardless of how creative we try to be. Um, So alternating every other day, would that be maybe somehow worse that I'm not seeing than other things we can do, or does that kind of fall in the same category with all the other ways we we can try to eliminate our bag feed? (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that the main thing is, like you said, I mean, it's just it's very stressful that type of, you know, skip a day feeding, and mm-hmm. uh, and, and yeah, it, it, you know, maybe if it, you know just skipping one day might not be so bad, but you know, if if you try to stretch it out more than that, then,
2: then yeah, yeah,
3: you know, the longer it goes, the, the more stressful it becomes, and then the more of the are going just. You know gorge themselves uh as soon as the seed uh, brought back mm-hmm. And, you know you also then run into the situation where you know maybe you have that one or two or more more dominant or or larger birds uh you know they they're gonna hog the seed as soon as as soon as it comes back and it's gonna be even you know, worse potentially on the other ones. But mm-hmm. and you know, like you said too, that you know, birds can really uh, consume feed to, to meet their nutrient needs, and they're they're not like us. You know, I think uh, most of us, you know, if we had a bowl of ice cream right now, we're still eating our supper tonight, the same <laughs> that we would. if, <laughs> if you know, we're, we're just going to take those extra calories. Um, but chickens in, you know, there's dozens of, of, uh, you know, experiments that have been done and, and they will consume, uh, you know, more of a lower calorie diet, less of a higher calorie diet, uh, till their caloric intake is, is about the same And, and same with amino acids. So if you have a very, um, you know, an amino acid Dense feed that, that meets their needs—they're going to eat less of that than um, than one that doesn't. But, so, you know, that's the thing too—is you know, when you try to cheapen up their their diet, they're just going to eat more of it because they're um, going to try to meet their energy and and, and amino acid requirements. Um, and you know, that's that's something that's kind of foreign, I think, to to us because you know,
0: we
2: we can't
3: do that very well.
2: Right, right. And well, will um, yeah, I've heard a lot about that, that birds are going to eat uh, to meet their energy um, requirements for the day. So, like, if you they go out there, uh, and, and, for example, the folks that, and I still don't know why people do this either, because we've harped on this so long, and I still see so many people doing it. Well, I mix half and half scratch and lay-in pellets. And, boy, oh, boy, if you listen to the show a long time, you know, uh, a lot of reasons why that's not the right thing to do. And so um, uh, they, will, they will go and eat that scratch grains and f- say, wake up first thing, you know, and they'll meet their energy requirements for the day, and which will be all that corn and scratch, and then they're done. And they don't touch the laying pellets that are in there. Um, and so because they've met their energy requirements they need for uh, that day, and, and it still it amazes me how many people still mix. And uh, maybe they think, they're, again, they're getting away with something because, well, back a long time ago, scratch was significantly cheaper, and, and over the years when I've been doing my classes, I'll go right into a feed store to do my class for the night. I'll I examine the feed store and look at the prices and see what they carry, and it was where a lot of times a 50-pound bag of scratch was $0.50 cents less. Than the nutritionally balanced laying feed, or maybe a dollar less. And it got, you know, we were touring. I'm like, hey, let me get, here's a perfect example. We're sitting in the feed store right now. Trying to, are you trying to save money for doing this? Mixing it back and forth because you're really not. And it's not going to be as healthy for your birds. And, and then we'll go in again through everything we just talked about. So, uh, you know, back in the day when it was five or $6 less then uh, you know maybe some people try to justify there but nowadays you know I don't think that's even a valid uh, argument uh current I got to go to commercial break I've kind of been so <laughs> focused on on this topic which is fantastic and uh, to our listeners um, normally I try to take two commercial breaks per hour or hour and 15 minutes on the show. Uh, I'm just going to play uh, a few commercials now and then that'll be it. I'm going to try to get them all done now. So there may be an extra 30 seconds or 45 seconds of commercial during this break, but that'll give you folks, our listeners at home, a chance to go to the bathroom, uh, get another snack, get another bowl of ice cream. <laughs> you mentioned ice cream, not me. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, or, <laughs> or whatever they want to snack on. And, uh, uh, and then we'll be back uh, right after this break. And we are talking to my good friend, Dr. Curran Gehring, Ph.D., poultry nutritionist. We're talking about alternatives to commercial feeds. If you missed any of the show, no frets. Uh, just a few minutes after this live show is done, it'll be turned into a podcast. And you'll be able to listen to the entire thing over and over and over again if you want to take some notes. But nonetheless, we'll be back with more right after this short break from our sponsors. Enter the coupon code Whisper at checkout and receive 10% off your entire order. Order your new incubator today at brensea.com. That's b-r-i-n-s-e-a.com. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937.
1: Backyard chicken owners are loving ChickFresh. Not only does it eliminate the nasty odors, but it also eliminates the dangerous and unhealthy ammonia. You can use ChickFresh in your coop, brooder, garbage can, litter boxes, and more. Even use it in your spouse's smelly shoes. Get your bottle 15% off today by going to coopcarespecial.com. Take back control and say no to nasty odors.
2: stromberg should be on the top of your list when it's time to order your new day-old baby chicks and poultry supplies order online today at strombergschickens.com that's strombergschickens.com
1: strong animals uses plant-based products and natural approaches to promote the health and vitality of backyard flocks our daily snacks water additives and coop refresher products contain organic essential oils, prebiotics and other natural ingredients to promote digestive health and immunity. Give your chicks and chickens what they need to thrive with Strong Animals products, available at local farm stores across the country and Amazon. Visit GetStrongAnimals.com today to learn more. Metzer Farms is now hatching and shipping the premier egg layer.
2: This girl is consistently laying jumbo eggs with a higher nutrient density and lower water content than your eggs now. She is an extremely hardy bird and the most heat and cold tolerant egg layer available, allowing for year-round outdoor production. An eggshell unmatched in sturdiness and thickness, making cracks a thing of the past. Increase your health and double your egg profits. Of course, we're talking about ducks. Duck eggs are revered by chefs for their succulent flavor and by bakers for being the better baking egg. Learn more about this extraordinary duck, the Golden 300, or any of our other 35-plus breeds of ducks and geese at MetzerFarms.com and order your next flock from us.
1: And now we return to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer with your host, Andy Schneider. Alrighty, thank you
2: very much for staying with
1: us today on
2: Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by our good friends Tucker Milling, and this is our 14th year of broadcasting this podcast, uh, well over 1,200 episodes um, uh, over the years. It's just been fantastic. I think we're in year seven of Chicken Whisperer magazine, uh, both print edition and digital edition, and please remember you can subscribe to the digital edition of Chicken Whisperer magazine, uh, absolutely free at chickenwhisperermagazine.com. The digital edition is always free, always has been free. It's never been a bait-and-switch. And Um, and then the actual print magazine is just $9.95 a year. Uh, That's four issues, $9.95 a year, and that's about the cost of one of the other chicken magazines that you can find in the stores. And if you notice, if you look at the other chicken magazines and chicken whisperer magazine, look who's writing the article. Somebody with poultry, a pulse, and a pen? Or is it poultry professionals like poultry veterinarians, poultry scientists, poultry nutritionists uh, that really give you the right information the first time versus, well, this worked for me. So you um, got to take that in consideration when you're reading some uh, poultry publications. And uh, let's go ahead and get back over here to the phone lines with uh, our good friend poultry nutritionist, Dr. Karen Gehring. And... Um, you know, I'm trying to think uh, over the commercial kind of where to go from, from here. I think everybody who normally listens to the show, probably before it started, kind of figured out that and already knew that, you know, alternatives to commercial feeds. Are there really any that wouldn't sacrifice the health of our birds in the long run and maybe even cost me more than saving five bucks when I buy my, that next bag of feed? Um, uh, and, and I think most of them probably realized where the show was, was going to go, but I was truly interested in, in kind of, uh, well, I wanted to do the show, but interested in, in what you kind of had to to offer and, and different maybe solutions that you had. And at the end of the day, you know, there really aren't any. Um, let's add this. What about if I feed less But add nutrients to my water. I think this is something that's really cool. Uh, I know oftentimes in the summer, hot summer, we're in Georgia, uh, and it's the only time around the year that I even consider doing it, June, July, and August, where I'll add, say, vitamins, electrolytes to their water or something else, maybe to their probiotic, whatever. Um, What if I find a good, soluble, uh, for poultry, uh, vitamin-electrolyte mix and say, you know what? I'm going to have to, if I go to that every other day feeding system, but now, again, something you still have to buy. So this may be like, well, instead of buying these additives I can add to the water, I could just be putting that towards feed. But uh, would, they, would that even come close if i just thinking, okay, vitamin electrolytes or a vitamin mix or something I can add to the water, at least I know they're getting that, maybe on the days I'm not you know, if I'm, maybe I'm doing the alternating feed. Monday they get feed, Tuesday they don't. Wednesday they get feed, Thursday they don't. But they have this added vitamin mix in their water uh, because we know in the summer they'll drink more and eat less. Wintertime they'll eat less. Or, yeah, summer they drink more, eat less, and then the winter um, drink less and eat more. Uh, but would would that – am I just – do anything? Is it better than nothing, or is that something to to even kind of consider? And if if somebody doesn't have a choice and they're like, "This is the best I can do," and oh look, I found some on the shelf from last year. This great vitamin mix. I put it in their water. Maybe that'll make up for some of the vitamins they're not getting due to lack of feed. Yeah,
3: I mean, I I think that it certainly wouldn't hurt. Um, mm-hmm. and and if somebody you know was restricting their feed, then then that would probably be a a good thing, but. Yeah, you know, like, like you said, you just gotta look at at the cost, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, are you really saving money when you're having to buy other products to, to uh, right. try to them with? Um, and I think that people don't value their time enough. You know, it's uh, it, it, it's one more step when you when you get a, a you know water supplement, and um, if that's just because you're you're not feeding as much, um, you know that's that's just another thing that you have to do, and and there's there's some value to that. It's it's not reflected in the the you know the
2: cost of the store. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned but, that. Uh, no, go ahead, finish up, please.
3: Oh, uh, I was just going to say, you know, that's. You know, it's probably not a bad idea if if you're having to, you know, not feed a, a you know a good complete feed. But uh, you know, the the other thing I was wanting to mention is is that when you know when you look at the, the really good feeds at the feed store, there's a lot of things in there that uh, that you're paying for, and they're in there at levels that make them effective. And if you know if you don't if you're giving the birds something else uh, for part of their feed intake every day where they're not getting the you know it, all of that feed then you're paying for that stuff either way um, but then maybe not getting the benefit and I think from from what I've seen there's really kind of two categories of feed that that you see at the store, um, you know, there's economy, uh, mm-hmm. you know, kind of cheap feeds that are, you know, maybe not very nutrient dense, you know, pretty low calorie, low amino acids, um, no gut health or immunity, you know, additives or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the, like, you know, premium feeds or premium or ultra premium.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's
3: nutrient-dense, and meet the, all their needs for production, whether it's egg production or meat production or, or growth. Uh, and, but pretty much across the board, I think uh, those type of seeds have the prebiotics, probiotics, yeast culture, mm-hmm. essential oils, stuff like that. Um, I, You know, there may be an example that I, I'm not thinking of out there of a really – well-formulated nutrient-dense diet doesn't have any of that. But, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I, I don't think uh, if there is one, there's not many. And so the thing is, if it, you know, all those additives have a cost. And if you're decreasing the bird's intake of that feed enough to where it it gets to a level where one or more of those additives isn't effective, well, you you paid for the full amount of of it, and and you're not getting the benefit.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, So that's something to keep in mind as well. That raises another question, um, because we all know, whether you have a cat or a dog or uh, a parrot or chickens or cows or goats or hogs, whatever, horses, um, I I think we've had animals I any mean, length like of time we know leading into my, my next question or, or comment that you reminded me of explaining that when we change their feed it, it can have some maybe temporary but some negative effects when we just change their feed and so but yeah. you made a good point there if I can go in and I can see the you know I'm on a budget you know uh this is all I have till I get paid on Thursday or you know you walk in there and the store's like you know Andy we don't have your uh, premium feed but we have this over here and uh, uh, whether whether money is an issue or not um, that might become a scenario as well where okay I've got to okay if that's all you have then I'll take it and so they're buying the uh, like you said the the non-premium or the much cheaper fee because maybe that's all they got Maybe that's all you can afford regardless of the reason Um, I'm guessing at the end of the day, from your standpoint as a poultry nutritionist, keeping that food available for them 24-7, that's still probably better than every other day, or not having it, or starting food scraps, or starting corn, or mixing your own, or whatever, because I guess still it's kind of, I guess technically has that, um, you know, uh, this is a complete feed for your poultry, uh, but we understand there's, there's, there's a reason why it's much less versus the other, um, I, I'm guessing, from your point of view as a, a nutritionist, that still would be a better choice: buy the cheaper feed um, instead of all these other things we've talked about in the show until you can get back to your premium feed that you're used to buying for whatever reason.
3: Oh, certainly, yeah. I would, I would try to at least
2: uh,
3: mm-hmm. you know provide chicken feed and feed that's appropriate for their you know age and right. and, and type and you know, and and I would even feed uh, you know bagged pig feed with some oyster shell yeah, rather than try to mix other stuff with it or mm. or feed them every
2: the other day. Or, yeah, That's a great you know. idea for us too. That's a great idea that you know for us who have uh, many different species on our farm. Uh, and that would be probably a phone call that you would get from me saying, "Hey, this is the feed I have. I'm out of chicken feed for whatever reason, uh, but I still have some of this." what What would be good? what would be bad? you know I got goat or sheep or, or or pig or horse or you know but but obviously we already talked about the dog food and cat food issue a little earlier on, but when you're, you you had mentioned hog feed, we buy your hog feed uh, to feed our hogs. Uh, I can almost see them right out the window here so you, and, and i'm telling I'll tell you right now when I go out and feed the hogs every day they'll be um Half a dozen chickens. that will either slide through the hog wire or fly over the hog wire, and they'll be right in there with the hogs eating some of the hog food. Um, that's just what chickens do, right? Um, so that
3: that that is and,
2: interesting. That we go ahead.
3: And, and you know, I, I think in most cases, no matter which you know feed company it is, they're they're probably going to be pretty similar and mm-hmm. a lot of the same ingredients. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the big thing is going to be the calcium level. You know, you know, you're not going to have a three and a half or four percent calcium hog feed, so, um, uh-huh. you yeah, know, that's why, you know, if you have, if it's for, for hens that are laying eggs, and, you know, you could put some, some oyster shell out uh, as well, yeah. so they could supplement themselves, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that would, it'd certainly be better than, than letting them run out of feed, or, or trying mm-hmm. to mix, you know, other stuff with it at a, you know, more than just a very small amount, and, you know, or or fermenting, and, you know, with uh, you, you, with fermenting feed, I just, you know, heard people talking about that just a, a week ago, and, um, you know, when you look at almost all of those good poultry feeds on the market, they've got prebiotics, usually more than one source of prebiotics, mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, it's... Pecker milling, we've got yeast culture, xyloligosaccharides, uh, citrus peel extract, which has pectic oligosaccharides. Um, and then almost all of those feeds are also going to have probiotics, which is usually more than one strain, I mean, sometimes five or more of mm-hmm. lactic acid bacteria or bacillus, uh, bacillus subtilis or bacillus Um And, you know, those those prebiotics are fibers that are selectively uh, fermented by those bacteria in the hindgut and they result in, in positive changes to the composition and, and activity of the microbiota, which is, um, you know, the, the, that mix of of different uh, bacteria and, and microbes that, that live in the hindgut. And so, you know, that feed is formulated with that fermentation in mind, but in the bird and based on research to, to get a specific result. Um, and when, you when you try to do that fermentation ahead of time, there's just, there's so many variables and so many things that could go wrong. Um, uh, you know, and I, I was looking, uh, this morning at some, some research papers on fermented feed, um, chickens and pigs and, and so, You know, these are cases where this was done in a lab under very, you know, strict conditions where all the variables are controlled. Um, And, uh, you know, even, you know, there were some cases where they had a little bit better weight gain and better nutrient digestibility. But there were other cases where they saw a negative effect on the gut microbiota. Um, It decreased the population of... The uh, commensal bacteria or the good bacteria uh, increased time get pH and resulted in less microbial development and diversity. And so this is even under extremely controlled lab conditions uh, where that fermentation took place, not just on the ground at, at you know at the pond. So you know that's why you know there's a there's a chance that you could you know have a good result but I, I wouldn't recommend that at all
2: gotcha gotcha no thank thank you for that you mentioned you know um and I we had mentioned saving money during this kind of whole whole show and I want to share a uh, a post that I saw this morning that I responded to um and we we've seen i've seen this wow since even two thousand five to two thousand eight when we had the, you know the first big economy downturn and and chickens were Popular and every time there's something financial, market, housing, whatever, people rush out to to get um, uh, buy their little backyard chickens. And then you know now with the issue that's going on today with the stock market and inflation and everything. And I'll just read this post to you. It's interesting. And I, I'll read my reply, and uh, which is I guess kind of hard to disagree with. But this came to us from a, a, a poultry group, a chicken group on Facebook, and her post was this says, hey everyone, I'm a mother of four children and married to an egg-eating man. Now, a carton of eggs does not even last me one breakfast in my house. With the way the economy is headed, I have been thinking about getting some hens for eggs. Now, for a family of six, how many hens should I buy? And everybody kind of had their little answer based on how many eggs they're getting. And and how what their family is. And I said, well, this, this young lady, I, you know, it's probably discouraged her a little bit, but, you know, I've been promoting backyard poultry and the benefits of for over 15 years now, but at the same time, she probably needs to hear this. And so what I posted was add up the cost of the chickens, the feed, the predator-proof-proof run, and all the unnecessary treats folks buy for them. And you'll find out you can buy a whole lot of store-bought eggs for a long time before you break even. And still, you may never get cheaper eggs than store-bought. Don't forget about buying waterers, feeders, bedding, and a brooder. Factor in 20 weeks or so of feed and care before they even start laying. Little to no laying during the molt and slower laying in the winter, then if you don't spend the necessary upfront money to predator-proof your coop and run, you lose them all to a predator and have to start the process all over again. Did I mention your labor? Labor costs, even if you're doing the labor. And I think you had that. You said something about that uh, that reminded me of that, and then she uh, kind of responded a little bit, and then I said um, – where is it? And then I said uh, – I did not even mention the possible cost of meds for coccidiosis, internal parasites, external parasites like mites and lice, and the cost of antibiotics folks love to give when they see their chicken sneeze one time. So, you know, and all of that (laughs) – all of that was the absolute truth, 100%. And so, you know, she she needed to hear that because she's strictly getting into this, according to her post, to, you know, save money, have plentiful eggs for her family – but she doesn't have the reality of it and it's like, here's a lot of stuff to consider if you think that you're just mm-hmm. going to go out and buy these baby chicks and all of a sudden supply your family with these super, super cheap eggs. Now, you know, I didn't see many people say or reply to that when I posted it because they all know it's true. Those are the, the, the chickens already, but I didn't have – I was surprised. I was waiting for the, yeah, but store-bought eggs are nasty or gross or how old are they before they go on the shelf or all these, you know, taboo things that you know people share – but uh, she's already eaten store bought eggs. You know she didn't mention about oh I want healthy organic or more healthier or organic or tastier eggs. That wasn't her issue. She was like, I'm going through a cart in a day. I'm thinking about getting some chickens because of that reason alone. And I posted all of that yeah. because oftentimes people will discount their own labor. Oh I'm doing the work. Well that that you got to factor that in. Okay yeah you're not paying somebody to go collect eggs and feed the coop, clean the coop and feed them and all that. But that's still. You got to factor that cost in. Your time is worth something. But that was interesting this morning when she posted that. Not that I wanted to be a negative Nancy, but she, she, she probably appreciates knowing all of that before going in. Oh yeah, I,
3: you know, and it, and it applies to so many things in, in life that you know, I think we we don't add up the, the all the costs, uh, both direct and indirect. And you know, it's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> It's gonna get me in trouble with a lot of guys, but it's like, yeah, you know, there's a lot of a lot of guys that say that I hunt to feed my family for the free meat, <laughs> but they have their two thousand dollar rifle, their sixty thousand dollar truck, their five hundred dollar Gore-Tex jacket, uh, you know, four hundred dollar tree stand, <laughs> so and, then really the, and then the and
2: then the and then the five thousand dollar a year lease on the hunting land.
3: <laughs> yep. Uh,
2: You're, that's exactly right. It's all relative, regardless of what it is, you know. And, and, and that goes with hobbies too. You know, some people will spend two thousand dollars on a a model train or an HO gauge train, and some people, what are you doing? But somebody will spend two thousand on on their favorite rifle or. You know, whatever their hobby, coins. My son's got into coin collecting, and so he'll look at these coins. But this coin's four thousand dollars, Dad. And I said, Somebody's going to buy it. I guarantee you. And people will think he's crazy and weird, but yet they'll go off and spend four thousand dollars on a chicken coop. So I mean, or whatever the case may be. So uh, yeah, it's all relative at the end of the day. But it's like, hey, as long as you know what you're getting into, my job's done. You know that that needed to be said because no one was going down that path. And everybody had a different answer. Oh, we have a we have a family of three and we have six hens. Most people say one hen per person and then you know, or right, you know, oh, you'll need definitely twenty or everybody had a different answer for the lady. She wasn't getting any definitive answer and I'm like, Well, nobody's saying this. I I'm, I'm gonna chime in here and <laughs> let her really know. She probably won't be saving much money and we all we all see the
1: I got my first egg today. This egg is worth three thousand nine hundred and sixty-three dollars.
2: Yeah, <laughs> we all see that. Well, thanks so much for coming on today, Doc. It was a, a great I show. Uh, we we learned a lot. We hopefully had a lot of kind of just turn their head a little bit and go, hmm, or you know, that's 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 right. I never thought about that. Or, and folks, if you have a way that you think you can uh, successfully and healthy. Uh, feed your feed your hens uh, in, in some of these times. Whether it be, oh, I, I don't get paid for two weeks in the matter of food, or oh, th- my, my feed stores out of feed, or oh, I really need to save because I need to feed my family before my hen. You know, whatever the scenario may be that you want to paint, we'd love to hear from you. You know, CW at ChickenWhisperer dot com. That's CW at ChickenWhisperer dot com. And shoot me over some of the ways that you might. Uh, um, conserve feed, or uh, and, and there are ways, other ways you think that you could do it in a help, more healthy manner uh, to try to pinch pennies. In, the, in this case, we've talked a lot about it in, in the show today, but we'd like to hear from you as well. Please do that. We'd love to hear it, and we can maybe share it the next time you're on, uh, Doc. And we say, hey, I got some emails from that alternatives to commercial Feed show we did, and, and let me throw this at you before we start our topic. You know, next month or, or whatever the case may be. Let me ask you this because I'll talk to you after the air later next week. I'm working on a show now, um, and I'm, I'm, as soon as I get off the phone here, I'm calling um, Pascal at, at Brenzi, uh, who um, does the incubators, and they import a lot from uh, uh, Europe, um, England. And I'm going to be talking to you, of course, off the air later on. I'm going to talk to Stromberg's, which is probably the number one supplier of, say, backyard poultry supplies. I've uh, got a lot of phone calls to make over the next month. I'm going to work on this for about a month. Because I want to get an idea. Maybe you can share with us, again, the the five-second answer. Uh, Are you guys over at Tucker Millen seeing any – uh, not like uh, a little bit, but are y'all, as far as supply chain, supply, again, we don't have to say, yeah, prices are going up because we already know they're going up. <laughs> we, I, I mean, I was looking yeah. today at commodities. Uh, my son's gotten into kind of some, some trading as well, stock market day trading. And um, we were looking at all that and the cost of wheat, the cost of corn, the cost of soybean, the cost of whatever. So not necessarily are costs going up, but have y'all run into any issues uh, or have seen the pinch maybe? Uh, uh, supply issue whether it be supply chain of, of getting it I'm sure y'all get a lot of grain and stuff locally, but uh have you all seen any of that over at Tucker milling as far as just being able to get enough uh, ingredient to continue making what what y'all make on a daily basis
3: yeah no not at not at this point um, you know there's certainly you know some, there's a lot of challenges especially with stuff coming from overseas like you mentioned you know from england or, or or even getting across the border from canada but uh you know we we get as much as we can um you know locally Local. or in yep. the u.s um even before in you know the past couple of years we started uh making an effort to buy more trucks and trailers for picking up our own ingredients correct um, so that you know that takes some of that uh that that issue away. Cause we don't have to rely so much on outside carriers.
2: Uh-huh, yep. Uh
3: huh. Then you know, and, and we, uh, one thing that we try to do is we try to be, uh, you know, the best customers that we can to our vendors, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. so that, that you know, so that they'll hopefully go out of the way to, to take care of us and and make sure that we don't run out of things and and uh, and then we also, I think, you know, have, uh, go, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say we've you know and we also- m- uh, make an effort to uh, y- you know be able to hold enough inventory here that that we can kind of you know weather the storm a little bit if there is any little hiccups
2: mhm yeah i've I've walked through your warehouse a few times and and I just walk in and I look straight up into the air and I'm just surrounded by these mountains of uh bags of pellets and all the feed and whatnot, but, but that's great because still, uh, I, I tell folks when we talk about Tucker Milling, look at the date on that bag, and more than like, especially me being right over here uh, in Georgia, are only about a three-hour drive from me. When I look at that bag, when I go to my local feed store, and it was probably actually put into that bag. Within the week, maybe even two or three days before I buy it, uh, which is which is fantastic. But I know, and, and you can tell everything you just described because I know I know kind of how you guys work because I've been with you all now for uh, going on this, uh, two two and a half years. Um, and and your trucking system and how that works. And we see as consumers, and and maybe the average Tucker Milling uh, customer doesn't realize that, but we see that when we walk into the store and we see Tucker Milling, we see your premium feed, and we look at maybe another, quote, premium feed, and we see there's literally a $10 a bag difference, um, then, then we can see that because guess what? I'm getting it from three hours away, not 30 states away i'm getting it you know i'm getting it Mm -hmm. from your own trucks that you're using so that all that that you're saving is passed on to me and uh maybe the average customer doesn't see that i see it because i've been there i've toured i know you're kind of the way y'all operate and so i can see that when i go and pay and and it has gone up for me it was i paid 1350 for a long time i think it went up to 50 right now the last that i bought uh, if I remember correctly, it may have gone up to fifteen. Do you remember, Jen, did the feed just did it go up to fifteen twenty five, the chicken feed? That we just bought fifteen twenty Because it was fourteen fifty and then I think it may have gone fifteen twenty five. But 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 I still see that. I still grin when I buy that premium Tucker Milling because I look next to it and I see another premium feed for twenty seven fifty. <laughs> and I'm like, Yeah. yeah. And, and I can figure, I know why uh, all those t- t- descriptions you just describe of why I can get that for, for cheaper, other than the fact that I see the effects in my animals, and everybody knows that story. I'm not going to bore you bore you with it again. That I went to Tucker Milling to get their sponsorship because i saw the effects of their their feed on my animals they never came to me and waved money in my face and said hey hey uh uh, promote our feed like every other feed company i've ever been with here we'll pay you to promote our feed nope it was the totally opposite with tucker milling i saw out of my pocket buying their feed here on the farm and said hey we need to work together because out of all the feeds that i've tried uh over the last year trying to find yours were the best and that's how it worked with tucker milling and that's why i value them as a sponsor um, and why I think that means a lot to our listeners, uh, because hey, it wasn't just, uh, here, here's somebody money and promote this, uh, which I think speaks volumes. But yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you off the air in a, in a couple of weeks, probably as I start okay. working on this show about supply chain issues, whether it be incubators or poultry supplies or feed, and, and, and I would guess that maybe some of the things that may be harder to get are in those Vita packs, or in the additives that, let's face it, a lot of that it, or some of that anyway, I wouldn't say a lot, let's be accurate here, Andy, some of that is only sourced from China, um, and so there might be yeah, some, some delays. Of the correct, correct. So, uh, but that'll be a whole another show. But I'm really work, looking working at that. So, alrighty. Well, thanks so much for coming on, and uh, we'll see you next time.
3: All right, thank you.
2: Sure, thank you, Current. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. Alrighty, okay, folks. So I hope well. you enjoyed the. Sh- I hope you enjoyed the show as uh, as much as I did. I hope you learned a lot from it, and. Uh, Kern is a, a great asset to, to this podcast, and he writes for Chicken Whisper Magazine uh, every single uh, issue. So uh, we got to love that. You too can subscribe, chickenwhisperermagazine.com. The digital, digital edition is always free, and then the yearly four print subscriptions mailed right to your door is only at $9.95 per year. So we'll see you next Thursday on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer.
1: This has been Backyard Poultry with The Chicken Whisperer brought to you by Tucker Milling with your host Andy Schneider. For more information, find us on the web at chickenwhisperer.com, on Facebook by typing in The Chicken Whisperer, on Twitter at Backyard Poultry, and on Instagram at The Real Chicken Whisperer. Thanks for listening.